Who's fired up to be at church today? Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, 2009, man, that went really fast. Like, that's a, like 11 years. Went like, has anybody been here since 2009? Yeah, I mean, that's really fast. When I first came to this church, uh, Pastor Jeff and Sabrina, you had four kids, and they're all like this tall, and now they're like all grown up. It's unbelievable. Uh, my, my oldest and only child was nine at the time when I came here. Now she's 20 and a sophomore in college. How did that happen? It's unbelievable. And uh, when I came here in 2009, uh, uh, I, I really want to share this. Uh, in 2009, we were in the midst of a journey uh, with infertility. It had not been able to have another child. I'm the youngest of six. My wife's the oldest of six. And so I showed up in 2009, still praying uh, and begging God. The doctor said, you cannot have more children. So guess what God does when the doctors say you cannot have more children? He shows up. And uh, around the Super Bowl, February of 2010, God sent us a baby boy. And so that's awesome. And so I, I just want to encourage you with that. God still is in the miracle working business. And, uh, you know, we can barely contain my son. He's broke everything in my house. He's destructo boy. He spray painted my car. He's keyed it. Uh, he's, uh, he's broke my flat panel TV with his toy fire truck and then said he didn't with the toys still in his hand. We're born sinners. Uh, he's thrown coins in the garbage disposal. He's eight coins. He's probably breaking something right now. But God says he will give you blessings you cannot contain. So three and a half years later, God sent us another miracle, a baby girl. And so I'm excited to tell you today that I have an oldest one who is a sophomore in college. I have a fourth grader, and I got my last one in kindergarten. Yes! Yes! yes. Kindergarten. It's amazing. Anyhow, here's what I know. Uh, I, I share that to say God still works miracles. And we're talking in this series 2020 and having a clear vision for your life. And today I'm going to talk about having a clear vision for your life and a clear vision for your money. They go together. And we've been working through four passages of scripture in the book of Psalms, chapter 92. And verse 14 is what I'm going to be looking at today. And it says, even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. And we've been looking at this palm tree uh, kind of as the example in this passage of scripture. It talks about a, it's like the palm trees. And, you know, palm trees, they start with the seed, then they start growing, and eventually they survive and they're healthy enough, they'll produce fruit. And then they'll produce fruit a long time. Like they produce various fruits, like some of them produce coconuts. Has anybody ever had one of those fresh coconuts where they cut a hole in the top? You drink, anybody had that? I, I have, I remember the first time I ever had that, it was in, inside the volcano of Diamond Head in Oahu, Hawaii. It was absolutely unbelievable. I think it was enhanced greatly by the environment I was standing in. It was awesome. Now, also palm trees. There are date palm trees that produce dates. Anybody like dried dates? They're absolutely unbelievable. Date pudding, all that stuff. So they're fruitful. And so we all in our lives would like to produce fruit and be fruitful. And how many here would also like to still be fruitful even as you age, right? I'm not as young as I once was, I've realized. And uh, I've got some gray hair shown up here. I call it summer blonde. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but here's what I know. Uh, we all desire to be fruitful with our lives, all through our lives, and remain vital and green. Today, I'm going to talk about that. And I'm going to talk about dreams and the dreams that God gives us. And then I'm going to try to connect them to dollars. So I'm going to try to connect dreams with dollars. And so I'm going to kind of talk about dreams to start out the message. And then I'm going to issue a challenge. And then we're going to talk about dollars. And then I'm going to issue a challenge. We'll be done, and hopefully something will happen. All right? Are you ready? Let's go. So let's talk about dreams. Uh, here's what I know. It's important to have clear vision for your life. 
And if you do not have clear vision, sometimes you don't know it until you have a moment. And I'll tell you, uh, I had a moment. It happened when I went to church camp one summer. Uh, I, I always went to church camp starting about nine years old. Every, it was the highlight week of the year. Church camp was awesome for us. I don't know if any of you went to church camp, but our church camp was awesome. Uh, we got to play softball and basketball and lots of different things. Uh, there was lots of friends there. My parents were not there, which made it great. There were girls there, which was amazing. And, uh, and then they wanted us to sing a new song every single night. So they would teach us a new song every morning. They would interrupt our basketball or whatever we're playing, make us learn a new song. And I walked into this this week. It was the first day. And they want us to learn this song. And across the top of the tabernacle, they call it, is a big, giant camp meeting area. And there's a big, giant white banner, just a blank white banner across the whole top of the church, maybe 10, 12 feet high, blank. And as I went up to the choir loft, I realized it was not blank. It had letters like eight feet tall on it. And I realized I cannot see. Has anybody ever had that moment where you realize you can't see? So I went home and I did not tell anyone because I thought something was wrong with me. And so it was at a simple vision check at school that they said, you are blind as a bat and you need to go to see the eye doctor. And I'll never forget the day I put glasses on my face for the first time. Does anybody remember that moment? Oh, I remember like it was yesterday. I was at Dr. Tabble's office. Dr. Tabble, I don't know what that was, but it's Dr. Tabble. I'll never forget. And I remember getting my glasses and I can't see anything right now. And I, and I put them on and I, the carpet, it had fibers. I, I could see the individual fibers. I'm, I'm not, no joke. It went like this. And then I looked up and they had glass, big glass windows and doors. And I could see across the parking lot and there's like a state highway and a McDonald's. And in front of the McDonald's was a tree and it had leaves. And the leaves were like flittering in the wind. And I could see them. It was unbelievable. I didn't care if anybody was calling me four eyes because I could see. And here's what I know. That same thing is true when you get vision for your life. My question today is, do you have clear vision for your life? Those plans, hopes, and dreams that God has given each of us. We need to have vision because it provides clarity. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. They just live for the minute. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. And it's so important to have this vision for our life. And so I want to ask a question. And it, before I ask it, I want to remind you that we're in a church. We promote honesty and integrity. We do. So be honest when I ask this question. And if this is true for you, uh, raise your hand, okay? If you do not have your plans, hopes, and dreams written down, if you don't have them written down, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Own it. Okay, look around. Okay, put your hands down. It's over half the room. Now, here's the deal. Not having them written down does not mean you do not have plans, hopes, and dreams. But it is proof. It has been proven over and over again that when you write down a dream, it has a much greater likelihood that it will become reality. And so I urge you with your one and only life to get a vision for your life and write it down. In fact, in the book of Habakkuk, in the Bible, that is a book in the Bible, Habakkuk, chapter two, verse two, says, then the Lord replied, say those two words with me, write down the revelation, the vision, write it down and make it plain on tablets. They apparently had iPads so that a herald may run with it. <laughs> write down the revelation. And here's why. I believe this to the core of my soul. 
that many of us, we do have a plan, a hope, a dream, a vision God has given us. It's something that it wells up within us. But pretty quickly, we recognize that that dream also comes with a cost. And we recognize that that cost is extraordinary. And so it makes us fearful of even writing it down. But I will tell you that lyric in that song we just sang is so awesome. It says, whenever I have a fear, remember there's an empty grave. For every fear, there's an empty grave. And that, that Christ who overcame the grave can help you overcome whatever that issue, that barrier in your life. And so I encourage you to write it down because I believe this to the core of my soul, that it is a step of faith when you take the moment to write down the dream. Here's why. When you write down that crazy dream that God has given you, that outrageous dream, that really expensive dream, that thing that requires God to move incredibly, when you write it down and others look at it and say, that's ridiculous. There's no way that could possibly happen. That the day that it does happen, that is the moment that it will be a faith planting moment in their life to say, I know them. I remember the day that was impossible and somehow that happened and I know them. God must be moving on their behalf and it could be part of your Christian witness. Write down the revelation and make it plain upon that iPad or a tablet or wherever else with that number two pencil. Here's something I've learned. Kids have no problems believing. But as adults, we have no problems disbelieving. Think about it. My daughter, who's six years old, she believes unicorns like, like are in her room. She believes they live there. She thinks she is a unicorn half the time. She has the little headband with the ears and the horn. It's awesome. Unicorns are mentioned in the Bible in the King James Version eight times, you know, so that's a special Bible study. You can have the unicorn group that will be launching, you know, <laughs> February 30th. <laughs> but here's what I know. I'm not, that's, that's true, by the way. But anyhow, uh, the unicorns in the King James Bible, by the way, he hath as it were an horn of a unicorn. Get fired up. But she has no problems believing in that. But as adults, we have, we have no problems disbelieving. Have you noticed that? And I think a lot of it is because we understand there's a price to pay. And sometimes we're not willing to pay the price. Let's circle back to Proverbs 29, 18, where it says, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. What happens if it's in reverse? What if people do have revelation? Then they will demonstrate restraint. And what happens when you demonstrate restraint? Suddenly, you start making progress toward your plans, your hopes, and your dreams. You know, in Psalm 37, 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You see, you have to take delight in the Lord, in the things of God, in the reading of his word, and living a life that is for him and for others. Because if you do not, and you take delight in yourself, you will live a selfish life instead of a selfless life. You know, a great Bible scholar once said, delight yourself in the Lord and then do whatever you want. Because when you delight yourself in the Lord, you will want the things of God and you can do whatever you want. There's great liberty. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. And so it's so important. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And so let's, be, let's ask a question here today. Does anybody have a desire that's in your heart? Watch this that literally feels like it's going to explode within you at times, like you can't even contain it. Anybody have that? And so I want to speak to that today because God gave you that dream. And I know it seems overwhelming that you cannot do it and that you're wondering how that could ever happen. And I know that others here, you're seeking God's call for your life and, and, and you want to know expressly that specific will God has for your life. I've been there. 
And I found great wisdom found in the book of Romans, the letter Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it's great formula for discovering God's will for your life. In fact, I went to Purdue University. I grew up in Indiana. I went to Purdue, which is in Indiana, studied mechanical engineering. And by a miracle of God, I graduated. You know, 2.64 GPA, get fired up, D for degree. Some people graduated cum laude. I graduated thank the laude and got out of there. <laughs> and so I got out of there. And I, I studied engineering. There's these, there's these things they teach you about logic. And that if these conditions are true, then this becomes true. If they are not true, then this is not true. And I guess it can't be helped through my training that I see this as an if-then statement. Look at this and see if you see the if-then statement. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And here's what I know. We all want to know what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. But it is very challenging in a world that is all about us and what we want and not the things of God to do the three ifs that I see in that passage of scripture. Let's look at the three ifs that necessitate they happen before the then happens. Look at it. Let's read it this way. If you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, do you see that? You must offer your body as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? That means you exchange your plans, hopes, and dreams for the plans, hopes, and dreams God has for you. It means that, yes, you have these things that you really desire to happen in your life, but you hold them with an open hand instead of clenched hands, saying, God, if you ever call me to do something different, I'll gladly let that and exchange it for whatever you have because I know it will be better. And, it, and I'm so glad it says living sacrifice. How about you? Right? So you get to live through this. This is good. And then it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. What is the pattern of this world? Get all you want. Listen, you can be happy with this year's model, but not so happy that you need next year's model, right? You need to just get more and look at me. It's all about me, a selfie life, right? Instead of living a selfless life. And it says, take all you can versus be a giver and be generous, and so when, you're, when you have that happen, you do not longer conform to the pattern of this world. And the third if is if you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know the word renew in Webster's Dictionary means to begin to use again, to start using again, to renew. They renewed their efforts. When you renew your mind, it means you begin to use your mind again. And when you do that, watch this, when you offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing the Lord, which is your spiritual act of worship, your true and proper worship, and you no longer conform to the pattern of this world, right? And you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Watch this. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is for your life, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so I urge you to go through that process. But I will tell you, it will not happen overnight. This process of transformation takes time, and that transformation takes maybe a year, year and a half. It could take two years. But I will tell you, it is the journey of transformation that you will look back and say, look what the Lord has done in my life. And you will be able to take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. 
My challenge as I talk about dreams is, will you take some time this week to write down some of your plans, hopes, and dreams? To seek the Lord and to sit down with maybe the one that you love and write down those plans, hopes, and dreams. You know, I've been married now by the grace of God for 22 years, almost 23 years. And Jennifer Lynn Nijakowski, the Chicago Southside Polish girl, um, and I, she has put up with a lot. But, you know, we've been married for a while, and we've seen God do a lot of amazing things. And we found ourselves this summer going through this process again of dreaming again. And you know what? Some dreams left my list. You know, I don't want to go down a black diamond ski thing anymore, ever, <laughs> ever. I just don't want to do that. It just seems like death. It is death. I'm not going to do that. But there's new dreams that, that have been added to the list. And so I encourage you, there's great value in that process because you'll discover things about your spouse that you did not know, and you'll be able to be able to unite together and be able to seek God together and be able to do what he's called you to do and be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Will you take some time this week to do that? Hey, let me tell you practical ways to do that. You could go to Starbucks and sit down and do that, right? Get that Cafe Americano served at 7 billion degrees, right? Three shots of fresh made espresso with some hot water. It's amazing. And uh, it will get you fired up. Very fired up. And, and write down your dreams and then share them with each other. You could do this in your morning quiet time over a cup of coffee. You could notice all this is with coffee. Uh, you could do this in the evening after the kids are asleep if you have children or the kids not present at least and start writing down your dreams. And I urge you, write down the revelation, make it plain. You could write it on your phone write on a pencil and paper, put it somewhere where you'll see it regularly because it'll be your first step of faith towards those dreams actually becoming reality. And as you write down those dreams, you'll recognize they cost money. You know, I remember this, same, this thing happening for my life. I was 28 years old. I'll never forget it. Uh, and I had a pile of debt, had every debt known to mankind. I was very talented at spending money. Um, I had the spiritual gift of making money disappear. I would go out, spend too much money on lunch, and accidentally buy a truck. I mean, it was really bad. <laughs> and so I, had, I, I went to Purdue University. I started dating Sally Mae, so I had student loans. Uh, I fi filled out the credit card application. I graduated thousands of dollars of credit card debt. I drove a clunker all through college, so I bought myself a new car, had no money, even financed the sales tax, 105% financing for a new car. And then I read in the lost book of the Bible, first book of Hesitations, chapter 3, verse 2, says every guy needs a truck. I made that up, but it should say that. And uh, I bought a truck, 100% financing. And then I asked my college sweetheart to marry me. She said yes. So I financed the engagement ring, the wedding ring, the wedding, and the honeymoon to Jamaica, all on a credit card. Get fired up. And then we, we moved to South Carolina with a job transfer, and we bought a house, and we financed all that. And then we needed furniture. Do you think I paid cash for that? False. Yeah, 24 months, same as cash. We had some furniture. I'm a talented spender, right? And I was looking for help, and I had this moment where I realized this thing is a mess. And I had taken this job where I was working to install some manufacturing lines in Tijuana, Mexico, and I was commuting uh, through the Chicago Midway Airport to uh, San Diego Airport through the San Ysidro and Otay Mesa border crossings, if you've ever been there. And I was getting ready on one of my journeys home on Southwest Airlines 737-700 series jet, sitting in the very back. And I was sitting down, and I was weary of soul. Has anybody ever been weary to your soul? 
And I knew God was calling me to do something. I, I didn't know what it was, but I knew what it was. And through prayer, and, and I felt God through that, at that moment to sit down and write down my dreams. And so I started writing down my dreams. And I, I, that was the fastest plane ride I've ever been on. Because I was writing down my dreams. And I just, it just, I just scribbled and scribbled all these dreams that were in my heart. And I wrote them down. And as the pilot came on and said, we're getting ready to land, I asked myself two questions. And they jarred me to the core of my soul. Number one question was, if I keep managing money the way I am right now, will any of these plans, hopes, and dreams become reality? And I did not like the answer to that question. And then I asked myself a second question and said, am I managing my money in a way that honors God at all? You see, I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I knew that the Lord owned it all. Right? I knew there's proof every time we die and we don't get to take our stuff with you, right? All your stuff goes to someone else. Maybe even some of you don't like that much. You just manage it for a period of time. It's all the Lord's. And I hated, I despised my answer to those questions. And I used it to compel me to seek the Lord and to take delight in the Lord. And to begin reading scripture and learning how to manage these resources, these precious resources in my hands that the Lord had placed me and given me. And so since it is my calling to help you live a fully funded life, are we friends? Okay, I hope we are after I see these questions. I'm going to ask you the same two questions. Don't answer them out loud, but I want you to answer them. You ready? You don't have to look at me even. If you keep managing money the way you are right now, will your plans, hopes, and dreams have any chance of becoming reality? Okay? And number two, are you managing your money in a way that honors God? Those are two very challenging questions, aren't they? And so let's get to work to figure out how to do that. And I want to share with you how I was able to do that. And it came with a combination of something called planning and knowledge. Let's talk about planning. Planning. You should have a plan for your dollars that support all of your God-given plans, hopes, and dreams. I truly believe this, that the way we manage money, these resources God has given us, is a test. And if we pass the test, he'll take us to another level. You want some extra reading, read Proverbs, or Matthew 25, 14 through 30, commonly known as the parable of the talents that Jesus shares. But planning, we should have a plan for every dollar because as we plan and manage those dollars, knowing God is the owner, we are managers. It takes a lot of pressure off us as a manager. And it also helps us understand that there's a greater and a bigger why. These plans, hopes, and dreams God has placed in our hearts. And I found Jesus shared in Luke 14, 28 through 30, such substantial wisdom. He says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. In other words, do you want to do something great? Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough what? Talk to me. Money. Oh, Jesus was talking about this to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. I want you to be able to finish. I don't want you to have just a great start. I want you to be able to finish well. And so I found for me, as I went and embarked on a journey to get my finances in alignment with God's word and in alignment and support of the dreams he had placed in my heart, 
I found that there's a really simple way to do this. It's simple, but it takes God's help to be able to follow it. And it's six words. You ready? It's give, save, invest, plan the rest. Give, save, invest, plan the rest. If you say it right, it will rhyme. Are you ready? I want you to say it with me. Will you say it? Let's go. Give, save, invest, plan the rest. Now watch this. So we're going to go through each word here. And this is how I learned to get my money in order. So giving. It says in Proverbs 3, 9, to honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. In other words, of the first amount, the tithe, the first 10% that the Lord has given, we are to return it to the temple. Malachi 3.10, Matthew 23.23, 23, the, the tithe is before the law, during the law, after the law, and it is God's plan for number one, that our heart would be with him first. He says in Matthew 6.21 that wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And if your treasure is flowing first to God's kingdom work, your heart will be connected to his kingdom work. That's one reason he wants you to put him first in your finances and every area of your life. And so I had to learn to put God first. And the second thing was save. And it says in Proverbs 21.20, it says that in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Now, I was a fool and gulped all mine down. But it says in the house of the wise are stores. They store up. They plan. There's lots of examples of building margin and having savings. It talks about the ant. It says, consider the ant, you sluggard. Isn't that an insult? Consider the ant, you sluggard. It has no overseer, yet it stores up in times of plenty so that it has time, uh, plenty for in times of scarcity. And so you must save money. Who helps you save money? Do your kids help you save money? Okay. So who's going to help you save money? God. And it's going to take God acting on your behalf. And here's what I had to learn. That saving money and to be able to give required me to say a two-letter, one-word answer, and it's called no. It's hard to tell yourself no. It's really hard to tell your kids no. It's even more difficult, I'm told, to tell your grandbabies no. Grandparents, is this true? Okay? Until I learned that no actually stands for next opportunity. And that if I say no right now, it allows me to say yes to the next opportunity much better. And so I started saving money and I started putting God first. And then I saw the third one was invest. And Proverbs 13, 11 says, dishonest money dwindles away, but he who gathers money little by little makes it grow. And I love this verse so much because it says little by little. I can do little by little. How about you? You know, I've been preaching this stuff since 2009, since beforehand. I've got witnesses in the house. When I came here in 2009, the market wasn't doing so well, the stock market. Anybody remember 2009? Your 401k was a 201k, then into a box of special K. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> and I was, even at that time, I was saying invest. Not because I say so, because God's word says so. You can't get this. This doesn't happen until somebody invests a seed in the ground. It won't happen. Do you know a baby date palm? It has baby trees right by the roots. They're called pups. I did research on this. Right? Now watch that. That pup won't grow up till you get it separated from its mama. And then it grows. And then it can produce dates. So watch this. Since that time, I, when I was here, I was saying, you know, the market has averaged around 12% annually, the S&P 500. And we, we taught during the financial learning experience how to get started, a regular IRA, your 401k, all this stuff. And, you know, I looked up this morning 
the compound annual growth rate of the S&P 500 since January of 2009, when I first came here, has been 14.64%. Get fired up. And there are people who are whooping because they did it. The others are wondering what happened. And I'm encouraging you, yet again today, invest and do right now what 10 years from now you'll look back and say, I'm so glad I did that back then. This morning after the first service, I had somebody come up and they said seven years ago, they took it to heart and started with zero. And they showed me their investment account. It ain't zero anymore. And he said, the Lord has brought us a mighty long way. Amen. Give, save, invest. And the third, uh, fourth part, three letters, uh, three words, plan the rest. Proverbs 21.5 says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. In other words, if you have a plan and you're diligent to follow the plan, it will yield profit, which is money left over. It's excess. It's abundance. And that, my friend, is how you will fund the dreams that God has placed in your heart. That is how you'll fund the crazy dreams. Because when you put in the seed in the ground, then you have the opportunity for exponential growth. In fact, Jesus talks about the parable of the soils and about three of the soils, they're really awful. They're like terrible, T-R-B-L, terrible, right? But one of them is awesome. And that one is so good that it says it returns some 30-fold. Anybody okay with a 30-fold return? I am. Some 60-fold, some 100-fold. But I don't know where it's going to happen. That's why we have diverse investments. We have a plan. You have to have a plan. Give, save, invest, plan the rest. But without knowledge, that plan could be a kind of a train wreck. So let's talk about knowledge. In Hosea 4, 6, there's a warning. It says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And so I had a lack of knowledge. I had all this debt. I was broke as a joke. You know, it was so bad as I say, you know, I had to go around telling knock-knock jokes and saying, you know, I, I'm so broke and I have, I'm so broke when people ring my doorbell, I have to personally yell ding-dong out the window and things like that. I'm so broke, I have to go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and lick other people's fingers. I mean, it's real bad. <laughs> and it's because I was, I had no knowledge. I knew only how to do one thing with money. What's that? Spend it. And as a result, I was robbing myself of the next opportunity. And so I had to seek knowledge in it. It required me going asking for help. And I started reading God's word, the greatest money book ever written. And Proverbs 15, says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. And so I had to go find coaching in my life, wise counsel. And you know, it's hard to go ask for counsel, especially when you're broke, because it, 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 it's hard, hard to the soul. There's, but there's one reason we would not go ask for help. It's a one-word, five-letter answer, pride. And pride will keep us broke. And so I, I had to swallow pride and go ask for help. And you know what I found? People who love the Lord love to testify what God has done on their behalf, and they love to share all knowledge that God has given them with you. They'll just give it away. I'm so grateful. And I got coaches in my life who... You know, things that would just completely cause fear and abandon in my life. I don't know if you've ever faced a money decision that freaked you out to where you just wanted to cry, suck your thumb, curl in a corner and cry for mama. I know, oh, just me, okay. But <laughs> they've done that, that, that same decision that you're scaring you to death, they've done every day for the last 20 years. It's second nature for them. Ask for help and they will help you. In fact, Proverbs 4, 7 speaks to it. Great wisdom from Solomon 
The beginning of wisdom is this. Get it. Isn't that awesome? Deep thoughts by Solomon. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. But then he adds a tagline. Though it costs what? All you have. In other words, it's worth spending money for education. Though it's cost all you have, get understanding. This is why we pay for college, for knowledge. You should invest in a financial education as well. And this is one important thing to understand, that the beginning of wisdom is this. Just go get it at whatever cost, because Solomon knew that with wisdom came everything else. Wise coaching, wisdom, hugely important. And I found the greatest placeholder and single concentration of great financial wisdom that can help you fund all the dreams of your heart is found in God's word. And we see in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it says, all scripture is God-breathed. And it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Do you see it? I like teaching. I don't like rebuking, but I need it. How about you? And it's for correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so my challenge to you today, as we get 2020 in this year 2020, is to do right now what in 2030 you'll be saying, I'm so glad we did that back then. And will you take time to spend time with the Lord and with your spouse if you're married and write down your plans, hopes, and dreams and then add this challenge. Will you consider what financial decisions you need to make to A, bring glory and honor to the Lord, and B, fund the dreams he has placed in your heart. Will you do it? Psalm 92, 14, even in old age, they will still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. That's my prayer for each of you. Tomorrow night, I'm gonna be teaching the financial learning experience. It, food starts at 5.30, it's free, that fits your budget. Childcare, that's free, and that's awesome. And uh, then we'll start teaching at 6.30, and it'll be a two-hour equipping event where we'll be teaching about investing, about giving, about saving, about how to get rid of debt, uh, how to be able to have a budget that works, how to be able to become debt-free sooner. And uh, we're going to be sharing the stories about how I was able to be able to be debt-free except for my house in 14 months, be able to pay off my house by age 38, and really be able to see God do miracle after miracle in my life. And I want that for you. It's free for you. It's free for your friends, your family, your coworkers. And you have time to invite them still. We sent out plenty of extra materials. We'd love to serve you guys. Will you join me in praying as I hand it back to Pastor? God, I thank you so much for every single life represented in this room. And God, I know this thing called money can be fraught with a lot of negative emotion. And I know this thing called dreaming can be challenging because we recognize, God, there's a cost. We also recognize we need you to work miracles on our behalf. God, I pray today for every single dreamer in the house. God, you have placed those dreams in their heart, and I pray that you would enable them to see that you are with them and that you will provide the provision. After all, pro means you are for the vision. You are Jehovah Jireh, our great provider, and we are so grateful that you are for us and for our dreams. God, I pray for clarity for each of us that we'd be able to pursue you. And when you work the miracles, Lord, May we be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory and all the credit. And it's your name that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.